Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to The Moment That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. We are kicking off 2021 with one of my great friends, the absolutely wonderful Amelia Liana. Amelia is a vlogger, Instagram sensation and founder of jewelry brand Raimi. She has an army of loyal fans who love absolutely everything about her that I love. She is authentically herself, an absolute ray of sunshine, and never takes herself too seriously, which on social media is a really fabulous thing to see. I cannot wait to hear her three defining moments that got her to where she is today. Hi, love. Wow, what an intro, Roxy. I'm so touched. (laughs) I'm so excited to be doing this with you, finally. (laughs) Finally, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm I'm still a bit blown away by that amazing intro. I just need to take a moment, I think. That was so sweet of you. But it's so true. And you know what, for... Um, people who don't know we spent so much of lockdown voice noting each other and your voice just makes me smile you just have this like like amazing energy that's so uplifting have you always been like that oh wait what what it's funny when you describe me like that it just totally takes me by surprise I'm so sorry (laughs) oh god I think I've, I've always been upbeat I love that yeah I feel like it's are you the eldest no I'm the youngest okay so I don't know if this is if this is a thing if this is a proven theory but I feel like it might be an elder child thing in my family because you just get you just get thrown about with everyone and you're kind of like we're always with the adults whereas my younger sister and I would play together and like we wouldn't be put with the adults but when you're when you're alone for those for those years yeah you are just put that's with adults. so true total random side note I don't know if that's, that's true so or not. true So let's kick in, babe, to your first defining moment. All right. I think I will start with the most recent, um, kind of throwing myself in the deep end here. And I don't normally share too much on this subject, but because I feel like I'm talking to a friend and this is, this is our, this is what we do on a daily basis, Roxy. This is our voice notes to each other. So maybe, maybe that will make it slightly easier. Um, okay. So the first moment that made me was, a year and a half ago I was engaged and I was engaged to my boyfriend um we had just been on a beautiful trip it was my birthday we went to Paris together we had a great time we were in Paris for one night and I got home and literally in the few hours after that I came home I'd gone to work I came back I came home and he told me he didn't want to be with me anymore and what that particular moment wasn't the moment that made me that was that was a bit of background for the story um but what followed that the weeks following that I would say collectively as a moment was so huge for me it was something that I'd never had to really do in that way before um I questioned everything I questioned my self-worth myself as a partner um absolutely everything I questioned our whole relationship I questioned all my beliefs um I took three weeks off work um I went totally MIA and I had a lot of help in sort of like regrouping my brain and getting myself off the floor basically and I got to kind of look at look at my life almost from the outside and think okay what went wrong here? 
let's question the relationship let's pick it apart who do I want to be in relationships moving forward with my friends with my family and romantic relationships and in a weird way I ended up slowly becoming I say slowly in capital letters with an underline because it took a really long time um, becoming grateful for that situation because I was able to look at it so look at my life so differently and also also look at what I wasn't looking at in my life if that makes any sense to you Um, what did I ignore in this relationship what would I not put up with again what wouldn't I do again and we were so intertwined as you are when you're about to get married in that like and I've I've not really shared this online before really we owned a house together so we ended up going from like being romantic partners being engaged to basically being business co-owners of a house and I think also part of that bigger moment that made me was the understanding that to fully heal from this situation I needed to totally understand it from someone else's perspective which means which meant for me detaching myself from my version of that story to be able to move on from it sorry that is a lot of information in, in one this one is inc- really long this sentence. is incredible <laughs> this is incredible how did you detach yourself from your own perspective that's really challenging and um something that takes a lot a lot of inner strength because to detach yourself from your own perspective you have to completely remove any sort of ego um you have to take sort of responsibility um for everything the good and the bad so how did you do that I think what I learned what I learned in that time for sure was that you and I I say you being one we cannot expect someone else to behave how we want them to behave and we can't ask that from someone else I think I spent a lot of time thinking you know why isn't he doing this and why isn't he doing that and why is he doing this or sort of questioning his behavior or what he wasn't doing at that time and being disappointed if like you know I I sat at my phone like waking up every 10 minutes waiting for a message or waiting for a letter at the door or some just something and I think I just got sick of waiting and I thought I need to actually, I need to uh, to move on. I need to be able to understand this. And to understand this properly, I need to detach from it. Yeah. God, I love that. What you're saying about the expectation. Because I think that most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we have an expectation attached to pretty much everything Everything, we do every interaction we have every decision we make we have in our mind what we want the outcome to be and the worst I think one of the worst kind of ways that we can do that is when we put expectations on our romantic partners Mm. to be our everything yeah um to be kind of perfect for us yeah be your best Um, friend your lover your soulmate your confidant like you're everything in one person that's a lot that's a lot to put on one person absolutely god I this I am literally just like what an amazing (laughs) moment to start with because I really think that heartbreak is it's one of the most it really it feels like death yeah it's you mourn something yeah you are you're mourning your best friend, your romantic partner, your relationship, your life, your past life, your future life, you're mourning so many things in one. It's so much for your for your little brain to do. Exactly. And then what happens through any rock bottom is absolute rebirth. Yeah. Um, which I love. And didn't you, did you see a therapist, a relationship therapist? Yeah. I think I heard her on your podcast. Yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. Amazing. Shelley, she was, she is so fabulous. Um, she's a kind of, she was someone that my friend introduced me to and she's, she kind of talks and calls herself a heartbreak coach. She's absolutely incredible. So she's a coach. I also had a therapist. I had a really strong team. I also had amazing friends and family that got me through that I literally wouldn't have been able to do anything without and my friends are all they're similar to me and you Roxy in the way that they like reflecting and they like questioning things and they're open they're open to go deep in conversation um and without 
without that, I wouldn't have been able to do anything really because I was just so grateful for them for being able to to help me get through it mentally. Yeah, our support networks are so important. And what I love about what you're saying is you express so much gratitude, not just for um, the friends and the support system you had, but I heard you just now, you said you were grateful for the experience. And um, I love that because I think that when we can be grateful for um, the pain, we can be grateful for the heartbreak, um, and it actually find meaning through the pain. That's when we truly evolve and move through um, whatever it is we need to move through. So that gratitude is kind of it's our greatest um, healing um, tool that we have, almost, isn't it? Um, so amazingly handled and I think what would your advice be to someone going through you know in those you know taking you back to those first three weeks where you were you know offline absolute going through personal hell um what would you say to that that younger or version of yourself then on the gratitude thing firstly you know everyone says to you time is a healer and you kind of when you're in the moment you look at them and you roll your eyes and you think how could I ever possibly, when time is moving so slowly right now, how could this ever <laughs> possibly be anything positive? And it really is. And now when I say to people, yeah, I'm, a- I'm actually grateful that, that that happened to me. It really did change my life. People almost look at me like 10 heads, like I, would, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But when it happened to me, I, I, I don't know, you, you somehow manage to turn it into something something that you can make work you know Roxy when you break up with someone or someone breaks up with you and you keep thinking what if what if we get back together what if he comes and knocks on my door what if he comes and knocks on my door and tells me he's an entirely different person (laughs) the fantasy thoughts oh my goodness yeah I know what you're gonna say get rid of them (laughs) get rid of them they do not benefit you if that is the case, and it, and it does happen, if that is the case, you can assess it when it happens, but get out of that fantasy thinking because that is not serving you in moving forward. Every day that I went into that fantasy land, I wasn't sad anymore because I was attaching myself to this thought of, well, we'll get back together and he'll change and I'll change and everything will be fine again. And so that I wasn't... Is such good and important advice I mean because do you know what people don't want to hear that but I I remember I wrote an article on how to go over heartbreak and I think one of the first things is acceptance you have to because every day like you say every day you don't accept that it's over you're just delaying the pain the process you have to start healing um and grieving and going through that as soon as possible and hope actually in in heartbreak I think is the enemy (laughs) yeah it is true and the more you're living in that fantasy world the easier it is really day to day but the harder it will be later on absolutely and and I think when we have hope we're still not um we're still living, like you say, in this fantasy world where we still imagine that they are our perfect person. Yeah. When you have acceptance that if we, if it has ended in this way, they simply cannot be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So true. Yeah. Um, Oh, I love this. I don't think I've really spoken about heartbreak on the show before. Oh, And I think that was so, oh, I love, love, love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think as well, I will just touch on this and ask you because you do live your life um, very much where we can see what's happening. You do let people in a lot. Um, And I know with your relationship, people people that followed you were kind of invested in it and Mm. that must have put a lot a lot of extra pressure on you so how did that feel and how did you cope with that that is such a good question I love hearing people's questions because I feel like they they make you think more um what really makes me feel sad and what still makes me sad to this day I'm literally I've got tears in my eyes already is the fact that I was making everyone else sad oh my love hold on (laughs) cut 
oh my darling but you just but I know that feeling that you must feel but I I promise you I know I speak for every single person listening that the only sadness they felt was sadness for you it's like this this is like a ball of <laughs> rolling ball of empathy I feel sad for you yeah it's like it's like this kind of circle and people would send me messages saying like I'm crying for you and I was oh. like oh no I don't want to make you cry <laughs> um <laughs> That was really hard. That was a hard part of it. On the other hand, you know, when you break up with someone, you can stalk them on social media to see what they're up to. You can ask your friends, their friends, you can get sort of gossip. This was kind of next level gossip, really. This was this was people messaging me like, oh, I've, I've just seen your ex and he's doing this or like doing that. And like oh, a couple of days after we broke up with his stag and he actually still went on his stag with his friends. No. Um, but which is totally fine but obviously no one knew we had broken up by then so I got a message from the girl at the check-in saying so excited for you I've just checked your fiance on in his stag weekend can't wait and I'm I'm there heartbroken on the floor thinking hold on a minute <laughs> oh <laughs> my god that is there is nothing worse than knowing your ex is having fun let alone two days afterwards like to be fair on to the be stag fair, in his defense I, I probably don't think he was having fun <laughs> yeah. I'd like to tell myself he wasn't having fun or everyone whatever or the boys took him there to make him feel better I don't know that's not my concern however it, it doesn't help at the time getting messages and and it didn't help. And people, obviously people didn't know. So, and people think, you know, oh, I'm doing it as a friend or someone actually sent me a picture of him in a club. And I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what to make of this. And like, you know, I think girls, um, men and women have so many different ways of coping. And from my friends and myself, my way of coping was just moping on the floor really for a while. And men, or the boys that I've seen or breakups that I've had, they kind of go out and they want to go out with their friends and go drinking, go clubbing or whatever. And it, it's, so, it's so contrasted. And that, that's the way it's just been. And going through a breakup, knowing so detailed from little tidbits here and there, what my ex was doing wasn't, wasn't easy. On the other hand, I've said, that, I've said the, two, the two kind of things. On the other hand, people's love that as soon as I shared it online I think I shared it like a month afterwards people's love literally made me feel like I was surfing through the days the amount of love and messages and actually like really inspiring stories that I got sent from people was so incredible I think that video now has like half a million views there are thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on that video people sharing their stories and it really, it really inspired me almost. It made me feel like, you know, this is, this isn't something that's just happened to me. It happens to so many people. And like, I can do this. I can get through it. Sometimes it feels like you're really at the lowest low and you won't get through it and you'll never get over that person and you'll never be in love again. But hearing everyone's stories really, really helped me and having so much support from so many people that I didn't know really that I'd never met that I feel like I know and they feel like they know me so it was so that part of it was so amazing and so special and I almost like was sad for everyone else I was like oh my god goodness anyone that that has a breakup needs this this amazing support system um and it, it that was something really beautiful that that came out of it it really is it's so so sweet hearing you talk um because the way you speak about your followers and your support system from you know people who are people you don't know but you feel like you know them online it is I can see why you have such a loyal fan base I really can because I think it is it is so genuine and I I'm really I love listening Aww. to you talk about the relationship <laughs> you have with with people online I think it's so yeah. so special it really is it's so it's so special to me and it's something that I've built over so many years and this was why sorry this is why before I just started crying because the thought of me making people sad 
like literally it gets to me so much or like disappointing people in a way and even the other day I met someone's sister and she said oh yeah I followed you and I was so sad when you and your ex broke up like I literally didn't get out of bed that day I was so sad for you and I thought oh god I was like I'm so sorry I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry for you and she was like I'm so sorry for you and it was just oh, it was you like, are the sweetest <laughs> person on earth I literally oh I'm obsessed with you oh, god. <laughs> right let's crack on mm. to your second defining moment okay. I mean how wow. do you beat that that was a big one okay well I thought I should make something and share something a bit work related really because Mm -hmm. all those lovely compliments you gave me in the beginning um a lot of them were work related and I've now been an influencer or a content creator or a blogger whatever you want to call it for about seven years and at the time when I started and I took that leap into doing this as a full-time job there were there was really a handful of people in the UK that did blogging, influencing, content creating as a full time job. It was not something that was kind of taught in schools, careers, days. It was not something that people saw as a long term plan. It was not something that anyone really had any idea of making money from. It was not really an industry yet, um, and at the time. Uh, there were a lot of bloggers and everyone was doing it. No, wait. at the time, there were bloggers and everyone was doing it because they loved whatever they were talking about. If you were talking about beauty or if you were talking about fashion or cooking or whatever it was. And you might, you might have just made about £300 a year if you're lucky. If you're like, <laughs> like that's really like if you're pushing yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was working at LVMH was on a starting salary at LVMH and LVMH for those of you that don't know is a gorgeous company they look after so many luxury brands I was working at Givenchy and I moved over to Guerlain and you can really what were you doing there I was on beauty beauty PR I loved it so much stop were you on beauty PR yeah they would say like please unpack the new you know whatever it was you know the new winter collection and I would literally pee my pants in excitement to unpack it because I was oh my God, something I so mundane that. like unpacking boxes and I was just so excited to unpack these boxes because oh I just wanted God. to see the new collection so badly so did you start doing beauty with your blogging yeah so I had a full-time job in beauty and then my blog was a beauty blog it was called Leanna Beauty so my evenings and weekends were spent writing talking photographing everything related to beauty so I I was on a bit of a beauty overload really um by the end of it um and two of my friends at the time I'd met at blogging events and at the time blogging events were only on weekends because it was no one's full-time job so they were never in the middle of the day um had just quit their job to be a full quote-unquote full-time blogger um and it, it was a huge huge risk and about six months later I kind of thought maybe maybe I could do the same. I wasn't earning nearly enough, nearly comparable to what I was earning at LVMH. Um, and it was a huge risk that I had to address because if it didn't work out, I would have a big blank space on my CV. Like, what did you do for the last six months? Um, I tried to be a blogger. What's a blogger? Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a thing then. Well, um, I am literally obsessed with hearing the story, by the way, because I'm like... <laughs> Oh my god! We all forget that this started like years ago when, yeah. and it was no, it was not a thing then. It and was now not it's a thing. Such a part of our world. I'm just fast. Sorry, carry on. I'm fascinated. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy you're you're finding it interesting. Um, yeah, and um, and also, wait, well, what's that? My story. Oh yeah, black, having a blank CV looks weird. Um, and. So I kind of had to had to address it, and you know, I I couldn't to do both full time. It was it was becoming too much for me. I was posting on my blog multiple times a week. I was, on, like I said, on beauty overload. Um, and I wanted to take a risk. I was still living with my parents at the time, so I felt like financially I didn't have rent to pay. I didn't have a mortgage. Um, I didn't have sort of like those big big costs 
that you would have when you're renting a property or buying a property. Um, and I said to myself, I would give it six months to see if I could, if I could make this my full time job, if I could make nearly as much as I did at LVMH, then I would be happy. Um, and in those six months, nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> no. Nothing happened. Nothing happened <laughs> I love that. Until about the, and that was six months. I was posting every day. I was literally like running. And, you know, no one sent And it, was it on Instagram posting. at this point or just the blog? Um, no, Instagram didn't exist like that in that way. Shut yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, it was just the blog and it was Twitter actually as well. And no one was sending products to bloggers. So if you wanted new products to review, to be like the first to review them, you had to be outside the department store waiting to buy them, basically. So anything that I was earning, I was spending on buying products to get my SEO higher, to be the first to review those products. And I actually developed relationships with all the counter women so that I could be the first one. So even Chanel, the counter girl at Chanel, would give me the, the products as soon as they came in before they even came to counter so that I could buy them, so I could review them before anyone else was Googling them when they went on to counter. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> in the seventh month was when I got my first actual sponsorship. And about six months later, I signed to an agency. Um, having an agent was never something that, anyone even talked about or considered you know you still went and said people said what do you do and you say I'm a blogger and they say what's that I don't know I don't know what that is um and since then it it definitely hasn't been a um a sort of overnight quote overnight success it's definitely you know it's been seven years it's been every day all day um but since then like I'm a Dior ambassador now I have contracts with all my absolute favorite brands I've started my own brand, my jewelry brand, Raimi. It's going to be an accessories brand. Um, and so many amazing things have happened to me because of all these gorgeous people that watch me, engage with me, and that I feel like I'm friends with and I have this amazing community. And without them, my life would be so, so different. They've, they have changed my life forever. Hmm. You know, I just think... You are just a sign of someone that also, and I think it's really important to say this because I think when people think about influencers or bloggers and let's say where you are now and you know what, how people can view it. They just think, you know, what a nice life. They get to review gifts Mm. and make fun videos and that's that. But look at how hard you work. And you really, um, you know, to have the dedication to stand outside stores, to, you know, even be thinking about SEOs right before blogging's even really a thing, um, you know, and I know you and you work harder than most people I know, <laughs> without doubt. And I think, you know, it is so much thanks to your amazing, amazing audience, um, but also sit like you absolutely deserve all the success because you really do put your heart and soul into it and I really just want to make like say that out loud because I think it's really important that people hear that you're so sweet Roxy and work isn't something I often discuss online um I I personally find it a bit boring when people talk about how much work they're doing I don't know about you (laughs) I don't (laughs) I don't find it that um I don't know that appealing really um I'd I'd rather just see it in action I suppose so for you to say (laughs) that to me is so sweet um I think it's inspiring though I have to say because I think um it is important for people to hear not just because it's important to say it but also because I hope that it will motivate people to you know if they want something you know you really wanted it so you knew you had to work for it. And I think that's really, you know, it's a good lesson to learn because nothing happens just by luck. I mean, luck is a part of it. Yes, sure. Like, you know, but ultimately it it is about working for it. How long, how many years do you think it was before? um, Okay, I've got so many questions. Okay. Firstly, I want to know how many years it took before um, blogging really became sort of established. And secondly, how... 
um, you find, because I know that there is, when someone goes, what do you do? Even now, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know, influencer, blogger, how do you deal with that kind of like label of trying to name this career? Okay, so firstly, how long until blogging, I feel blogging was established? Um, Hmm. I think it's a really it's a and I don't know if you feel the same I feel like it's a really misunderstood industry um and I Mm. think because of what we do it is it 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 doesn't look like we work it looks like we just have fun all the time (laughs) we just (laughs) just get sent products and go on holiday and that sort of thing and and only until you're you're really kind of in it or working for someone in a similar industry or working on the other side maybe the brand side maybe the PR side do you really see what actually goes on um it's kind of a weird a weird secret like that which is quite funny to think about it in that way um totally. how long do I think I think maybe in the past couple of years it's been more much more respected as an industry um mm. what changed for me was when one of my friends who works at a school said to me, will you come and speak at careers day? And I was like, what do you want me to speak about? I'd, I'm confused. <laughs> and she was like, no, all my kids are saying now at careers day, like they want to be a blogger. They want to be a YouTuber. And like, obviously, you know, we have a doctor come in and a dentist come in and an accountant come in. And like, we need, we need someone to come and speak from like blogging, industry from a YouTube industry perspective and I thought oh gosh like that's that was what really changed it for me I was like oh my goodness like now this is something that schools are having to cater to as well because that's so cool did you go yeah I did I was so nervous how was it it was really sweet oh it was really sweet I really enjoyed it it's true it is it is a whole new industry I do think um it's started to be respected and how cool to be at the center of that and to have witnessed it really from its infancy to what it is now. I yeah. think that is, that's really it is, cool. It's amazing seeing the industry grow and change so much, like with Instagram, with Twitter, with TikTok, with Snapchat. If I'm not in the mood to chat and I don't think they'll fully grasp the concept, I will just say I'm in social media. In which case, they'll probably say, oh, something like Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I work for Twitter. <laughs> um, if, if I want to get in, into a deep combo with someone, then I'll probably say something a bit different. And I, I call myself an influencer. I know some people absolutely hate that term, an influencer content creator. Some people hate the word influencer. Some people hate content creator. Um, I think a content creator kind of sums it up really, really well. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it it is a complicated subject. I mean, especially like my parents' generation, you know, that my parents go to their friends and their friends are like, oh, what's Mina up to? And they're like, um, she's, 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 uh, she's blogging. looks at you with 10 heads. Um... Well, thank you so much. I'm so, so glad we got a chance to talk about that. Um, I have, I love hearing people's career stories. Me too, um, actually. And, I love hearing and how it, it on started. your podcast. It's so interesting. It's so, it is, isn't it? Yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So one last question before we move on to your third defining moment is any advice for anyone? Um, you know, because I get asked this a lot where, where people will go, I'm starting, I get it about coaching. Okay. So I go starting a coaching career, starting an account. How do I grow my following? And I'm like, I do not know. <laughs> um, my personal advice is always just to post what is authentic to, to you the numbers don't genuinely don't matter. It's just got to be a page that reflects who you are. But what is your advice on that? I think focus on what makes you you. For example, I, as you mentioned in the beginning, I don't take myself seriously, like at all. I do not care what I look like or what I'm saying or, you know, if I say the right thing or I don't, I don't, need to look perfect or act perfect or be be a certain way to go online um and for example like even like I mentioned in the beginning like sharing my breakup my my like my lowest moments even when my grandparents passed away last year sharing that with people that I feel like it makes us so makes us being us influencers content creators so different to what we grew up, me and you, Roxy, grew up with, which was celebrities, where you don't really know anything about them. As someone putting yourself online, you get to share so much of yourself with people and people get to share so much of themselves with you and you become so connected like that in no no other way or no other industry and that's such a unique thing for being a sort of lifestyle influence or lifestyle content creator. Um, so yeah, that, that would be... To, to share yourself as you are would probably be my best advice. Yeah, I think that is perfect advice. And I think with that um, is really working every day on removing um, the kind of doubts that we get. Look, we all get nervous sharing things. Everybody feels it. But the more you do it, the easier it will become and just you know the worst that can happen is someone just scrolls past yes. and they don't care yeah. that's the worst that can happen the best that can happen is that you connect with someone yeah. you make a positive influence on their day in any capacity in the beginning when I first started posting on YouTube I would get my sister to sit in the room with me so I didn't feel like I was talking to a camera I felt like I was talking to a person oh such a good idea that would be another like great little tip kind of like focus on one person that you're speaking to rather than like an empty hole of the internet <laughs> it's I can't I still struggle with insta stories because I'm like where do I look how do you just stare at a camera without blinking it's like trying not to blink for two minutes I'm like this is so it's weird so hard. and then I blink everyone always comments I blink a lot people are probably laughing right now thinking yeah you do blink loads I don't know why <laughs> Um, so Amelia, what is your third defining moment? Okay. Um, my third defining moment would be a, the health journey, I would say, that I've been on. Um, I was always the girl growing up that had a sweet cupboard in their house. Like, all my friends wanted to come to my house because we had a sweet cupboard. I had a sweet tooth. I was severely unhealthy, but it didn't, it mm. didn't affect my body. Around about five years ago now, my body started kind of acting a bit funny really I was so bloated to the point where I looked about six months pregnant and I'm quite slim so you know my arms and my legs look the same but then my stomach was absolutely huge where to the point where I genuinely looked like I could be carrying a baby I some points couldn't really get up throughout the day because I'd be in so much pain um I would ended up having to sleep after every time I ate so I was so lucky that I worked for myself that I was able to actually plan my day like that because I couldn't go from a lunch meeting to a coffee meeting I had to go home and have a nap after I ate and oh. I didn't know what was wrong and I 
went to mm. a handful of doctors. I had tests for about a year and a half where every time I had a test, no one knew what it was. I would go in for another test. I would have MRI scans, cameras oh put God. up me left, right and center and all this kind of thing. And it almost made it worse. I didn't know what it was and no one knew what it was. It was like, how how is this happening right now with modern medicine that no one knows what's wrong with me? But there's something mm. so hugely wrong with me um, to the point where it's affecting my life every minute of the day. And um, that was for about a year and a half. When we finally got somewhere where it was, it was something called SIBO, which is much more common now than it was then. No one had really heard of it then. Mm. I actually had a doctor in Australia that managed to diagnose me. I don't know how. Don't ask me how I ended up with this doctor in Australia. <laughs> imagine like, you know, it would be like my three in the morning would be her time or something. Like that would be my appointment time. <laughs> and I would I would just take it because I just needed to speak to her. Um, yeah. And, you know, getting, getting my tests done and my results sent over back to Australia. I don't even know how. But anyway, she was the sort of expert in SIBO at that time. Mm. Now, you can find quite a few people it's much more common um and for about a year and a half after that I went from the girl that ate everything in sight sweets sugar dairy milk I went from being the dairy milk Cadbury's girl to being the girl that couldn't eat anything as in I was on these diets that I think one my first diet that I had to do was it was called the elemental diet I think and you can eat 12 foods that's it you can eat boiled eggs, rice, courgettes. Um, it's it very, was, very oh God, limited. So, so it? limiting. And I'd never had to do anything like that before. That was actually much mm. more of a struggle than than anyone would think it was, I think, because especially food is so social. And yeah. I was so attached to food. I was dating someone at the time and all we would do was go to restaurants and go on holiday and eat whatever we like all the time, cook whatever I wanted. And I'd never had to think about food in that way, that it was so restrictive. It, I suffered severely from that because I was so restricted and I was so angry at my body for not being able to keep up with what I wanted it mm. to do and what everyone around me seemed to manage totally fine. I did multiple SIBO tests and every time they came back and my SIBO was just getting worse and even though I wasn't eating anything I shouldn't have been eating I was being so strict. I was on all the antibiotics. I think I did five courses of antibiotics and three courses of herbal medicine right um it just it just kept getting worse and I was getting more and more unhappy within myself and within the situation and the more and more my stomach would grow the more and more people would comment on it the more and more unhappy I would get um and there there are pictures online if anyone um wants to google but I'm sure everyone knows what a bloated stomach looks like not <laughs> not that hard um <laughs> and this this was really like a test of my endurance and I ended up in this dark hole of mm. tests and my fourth SIBO test was sent to me and I thought to myself I, d I don't know if I can do this again it's a it's a long test the SIBO test it's a breath test you have to fast the day before mm. you can only eat certain things the 12 hours before and then you breathe into a tube every 15 minutes for four hours so doing that multiple times a year was so boring honestly it was so, so disheartening. Every single time I felt like I was working so hard for these tests and they were, my results were just getting worse and worse. And it, it felt so out of my control. Like I felt like I was doing everything I can, everything I was told to do by these doctors, but it was just getting worse. And I was just getting so unhappy, more and more unhappy. And then when I got this fourth test from Australia, I had it sat on my desk and I had it sat on my desk for about six months and I just decided I'm not doing this every day I thought oh, I'll do it tomorrow do it tomorrow do it tomorrow then after about mm. six months six months of I'll do it tomorrow I just threw it in the bin that's the ultimate procrastination yeah, ultimate what a pro at procrastinating I just threw it in the bin I was like, I'm not I'm not being a slave to these tests anymore mm -hmm. I just need to find a way to manage it differently 
Yeah. And I think I was looking for, and I think now, especially with medicine, we're looking for like an instant fix. And I think I was looking for an instant fix and something like that takes years for your body to heal. And only now Mm. am I able to eat in moderation what I would like sugar wise or whatever it is um that kind of flares up my SIBO now now I can monitor it better but that was such that was such a test for me mentally to be able to have to do that whilst whilst balancing so many other things at the same time that that are affected by the symptoms that I was having of course and also you know our gut health is and I say this so much but our gut health is so linked Mm. to um our mental health because 90 percent of our serotonin our happy hormone is produced in the gut so if you've got something really quite wrong with your gut where you can't eat anything without having these sort of adverse reactions that is going to affect your mental state your energy levels um your your happiness levels your stress levels everything so um and i think with anything that lasts a long time it's that sheer uh frustration and exhaustion Mm, from it yes that's the word exhaustion you're just so tired of it and you want you want it all to go away and it doesn't go away like especially Mm. not kind of overnight um it's something that you're kind of in for the long haul and takes such a long time and from that experience do you feel that you now um you know, because I, th- you know, you said before you were very, very, uh, you ate a lot of sugar, Cadbury's queen. <laughs> and do you think that this has, um, in one sense, helped you regain a sense of, um, you know, what it is to have a healthy lifestyle? Um, and also, I think whenever we've been through a long period of illness, we have so much gratitude for our yeah. bodies and our health when we have it. Yeah. It's so true, that word gratitude. I do the five-minute journal. I don't know if you've heard of it. I do it every day, most days, <laughs> most days. And my number one is always, I'm grateful for my healthy mind, my healthy body. Because mm, when you've had such an unhealthy body, and in that way, I kind of, I did try and teach myself what's in the ingredients of food, different foods, how things are processed, how things are packaged. I'm not... a I'm not a um, expert by any means, um, but my awareness definitely rose from that experience. Um, but yeah, it definitely it definitely put into perspective how important it is for me in particular. Like, no, it definitely put in perspective how important for me it was to have a healthy lifestyle. And I never used to exercise ever, and the more I exercise the healthier my gut is and feels and the healthier my digestion is the better I feel and even though like sometimes now in winter I'm like oh slump no please no you know (laughs) do even a a, like 20 minute yoga session that's like really slow even like breathing and a couple downward dogs you know (laughs) that even that helps that's why I'm I'm so excited I'm doing because I've got my body and mind workshop next Saturday Mm. And it's all around sort of exercise, healthy body, really? healthy oh mind. God, yeah. yeah, you're so good at that. You're really inspiring like that. And yeah, but I used to be awful. Oh my god, I was so unhealthy. Can you imagine? I can't imagine myself now. I was like a pack a day smoker, sugar addict, oh binger. Yeah, it, it is you know. also a lot of it is that kind of self sabotaging behavior, like you said, isn't it? I mean, it's. Oh, it's I mean, we had this conversation in the beginning of lockdown because I was doing that. I was like eating everything in sight because I, I think it was I was bloody bored. <laughs> the first lockdown. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> we know better this time (laughs) then I started running Um, (laughs) instead oh my god yes the running Mm. I have to say that I that is the sad thing about this lockdown is that the weather just not as appealing I can't do it no No. No. I mean I can't get myself out there it's too that's why we have apple fitness plus isn't it so much yeah yeah this is it it is oh my god those hit workouts i have to say though i couldn't walk for about three days afterwards yeah the yoga one i mean i felt that absolutely i swear my toes felt it (laughs) (laughs) felt it everywhere are you joking i love that some questions Mm. for you okay your most memorable book the bingo theory by mimi icon favorite quote we can choose to be grateful no matter what 
I love that. God, this has been a real gratitude theme. <laughs> what a great way to start the year. Um, your go-to feel-good film. Ooh, Notting Hill. Oh, yes. Love it so much. Um, a moment where you felt most proud. When my brand Raimi launched. I mean, I'd be pretty proud of that. <laughs> um, a song that cheers you up. Anything from the Spice Girls. Stop right now. Oh, oh my God. Love that song. My God, yes. I feel like we're so the same. Are we the same age? How old are you? You're 30. 30. I'm 29 this year. So, yeah. Kind of. Oh. Year apart. But Spice Girls Stop is like right the thing. Thank you very much. Um, top tip for dealing with stress. Okay, you know what? This is a random one. But something that's really helped me is on my Apple Watch, there's like a little thing in the top corner of my screen that's breathe. How amazing <gasps> it's is so it? good, isn't it's it? Literally, it's basically take deep breaths for a minute. That's call the spade it's a spade. So clever. But it almost this flower sort of expands as you breathe and sort of like closes up as you exhale. And it's beautiful to watch as you're breathing. It's so calming. I I absolutely love it. It's such a I couldn't agree more. It's such a great little yeah, thing on the watch, isn't it? isn't it? So yeah, that I love basically breathing, but I love the Apple Watch yeah. app one. <laughs> one thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? Ooh. I would love to... Something I would love to achieve in the next year is to be able to run 10K. I tried for basically the whole of 2020 and I couldn't make it past seven. I will do the 10K with we you actually, this year. Oh okay, I'm going to hold you accountable. We're okay. going to go for but a you, 10K you can run. already do 10K. I, I'll stop at se- you I'll see you. I'll, I'll drive between seven no. and ten. No, 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 no. I'll push you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll guide each other. So we'll talk so much you oh, won't good. notice. Okay. Um, okay, the first person you call to share good news. Ooh, I would probably call... Ma, I would probably call Estee. Yeah, one of my friends. Yeah, yeah, one of my friends, Estee. I'd probably call her. Oh, Amelia. Mm. I am so, so grateful. Oh, it's that word again. Look, you've got me in a grateful mindset. I am so grateful that you came on the show, that you were so open with your experiences. Um, I feel like we covered all the good ones. Heartbreak, health career wow done i love how you've categorized that wasn't even planned um, and i just i adore you I adore you, you are clearly someone that just cares so deeply about people um and you i just love love that you have become a part of my life and i can't wait to see what's next for you for 2021 so sweet i love you so much thank you so much for having me roxy that was such thank a lovely you so much. oh thank you my love i'll probably speak to yeah. you <laughs> speak to you in 10 minutes all right <laughs> <laughs>